0: expectant. Who's expectant? We receive you. We bless you. Hello, Hello. You know it takes me a minute. I nearly need a travel bag up here. My son said, once, I don't need a handbag or a pocketbook, I need a wheelie bin. (laughs) Truth hurts. Well, it's just awesome to be here. Just awesome. 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 That little bit of American come through there, was it? Oh. (laughs) Well, it's just great, mate, to see you all. It's that better, okay? <laughs> Every so often, it just spills out, you know. It's, uh, anyway, I picked up y'all. Y'all, but some of that stuff you can't say unless you're born there. Same as Australia. It's great to be here. It's good to see old friends. Grizzly, you know, at, at many years ago, oh, it's a long time ago now, I think, uh, I got a phone call from a lady who wanted to connect and I was travelling down to the Sunshine Coast from up north and uh, so we decided to meet at the BP service station and we sat in the service station and had communion and met. There were three or four of us there and it was just a wonderful time of just meeting people and uh, loving God. So God bless you, mate. That's good. I love the way God just connects people and... It's awesome. I, I like to connect. I just, a friend of mine said years ago, Adrian, I just go over to a place and I just preach and come home. He said, you cry all the way home. I said, it's not because I'm a woman, because believe you me, I have to be in pain to cry, but it's because I love people. You See, that the treasure of any nation is in its people. It's all about people. And if we want God's heart and we want God's mind and we want God's will, people need to be at the center of every single thing we do and say because Jesus died for people, not institutions. I'm totally preaching to the choir, I know that. But I can say it here and not get into trouble. The... Um, This scripture comes to my heart every time I think about coming to this house. And I mentioned it last time, 2 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And I feel like God has been looking and watching and waiting and planning And God is like, please, will you just give me a man or give me somebody that's not going to build a man-made institution that's going to build kingdom? God said, one day I'm looking to show my faithfulness. Faithfulness through, he said, I'm looking for a kingdom wall builder, a restorer of spiritual kingdom truth, a visionary, a person of prayer, a person of character, a person who will lead and walk alongside at the same time, he said, and I found a man called Nehemiah. God said, I'm looking for somebody who will get the job done regardless of the cost. Somebody who will be just and fair with his people. Someone who will lead and build with wisdom, truth, and mercy. And God found Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man of deep prayer. He prayed it through. He carried it in his heart for four months before he set sail on the vision, which speaks to us about prayer bringing clarity to vision. Without prayer... Nothing gets done. Nothing is clear. And so I want us to have a look at the book of Nehemiah today. This is just my opinion, and of course I always think it's right. But if there was a picture anywhere in the Bible of a five-fold ministry pastor, I would say it was Nehemiah. He didn't call himself pastor, but he certainly was God's man, and he did things differently. I I just go through the word, and as I remember, you know, you go through Moses, and Moses hit the rock, and Moses, uh, I mean, well, he shouldn't have probably done that when he got into trouble, but Moses parted the Red Sea and he didn't get into trouble. Moses called water out of the rock. There were visions. Nehemiah didn't do any of that stuff. Nehemiah didn't have dreams and interpretation. Nehemiah was a people builder. He He was a spiritual man. He was a kingdom reformer and a kingdom builder. Uh, it's, for me, uh, the more I go, the longer I go in life and ministry, the more in my heart there's something in me that wants to be like Nehemiah. There's a depth in Nehemiah. There's a quality in Nehemiah. There's a, a truth and, and character. There's something in Nehemiah for me personally that draws me to him. And I don't think I've ever hardly talked about him before, except here today, like this. But there is just something so parallel with Nehemiah and what God is doing here, I think. Is that all right, guys? Nehemiah probably slapped me when I go up and sit in the marriage supper of the lamb. He said, You called me a pastor like someone else here i think <laughs> respectfully so <sorry. laughs> see nehemiah he wasn't called to simply build a building he was called to restore a kingdom and that's a whole other ball game it took 52 days to rebuild those walls in the natural. 52 days, and that place was a mess. They said when it was destroyed, it was destroyed from the inside out. That they, the boulders and the, the stuff went down the hill. I mean, it was hard. 52 days. Nehemiah was to restore the ten gates that represent spiritual eternal truth. His mission was a natural and a spiritual mission. When I read the book of Nehemiah, I just, you see, I I just love this man. This man to me is everything I want to be, cool, calm and collected but am not. Seriously, I know you don't believe that for a second. But he is not, he is a responder, not a reactor. He doesn't blow up. <laughs> Nehemiah reminds me of this favorite scripture, and this is something I truthfully ask God for, because I want this word to be made flesh in my life. The, the Scripture is Isaiah 30, 15, and it says, basically, in quietness and confidence will be my trust. In quietness and confidence will be my trust. This is my go-to scripture, and I want to talk about just two thoughts today about Nehemiah and his, what he's doing there. You see, the first one, I believe Nehemiah had such a revelation of the power of prayer And such a revelation that the battle we fight is a spiritual battle, not a fleshly battle. And that's why he didn't get rattled. When you read about, you read these scriptures here. Wait on. Sorry. Oh. I thought the bong was coming down, you know. Okay. (laughs) See, when we look at the attacks Um, In Nehemiah's time, we reflect back to Solomon. You know, when Solomon, or Ford to Solomon, whenever Bible scholars will know that, but Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And so, you know what? If they attack Nehemiah, they'll attack up the road. They'll use the same strategies. The enemy doesn't need to think of anything new. He just has new people to attack. And so these attacks that we read about in Nehemiah, we know that they, they are what happens to you and I in our personal everyday life. And when we look, what gets me is not the attack, it's the response. It's this amazing, calm response that Nehemiah had. Because only a person who understands that the battle is the Lord's, that the battle is in the realm of the Spirit, can act calmly under so much pressure. Whoo-hoo. Okay, my things are overlapping here and it's not working. Okay. Oh, I'll pick up my trash after, I promise. And this is blowing too. Okay. <laughs> Come back. Nehemiah 2.19. But when Sanballat the Horonite... I, I told you yesterday I don't do well with terms and names, so I just might call them him and her and mate. But. And Gershom the Arab heard of it. They laughed at us and despised us and says, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So the enemy came in. Ah. Is that how I do it? Thank you. I was just gonna. No, you'll break the phone. I just it. There's another one here. Sorry, just take sing a song. Take a break. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So now the enemy came along and he accused them of having wrong motives. You ever heard that? Has that happened in you? Is that familiar here? Well, you're just doing that to be a big shot. You just pray loud so everybody can hear you, you just sit up the front because you've got pride. You know, people are really good at that stuff. Agendas. The enemy accused them of wrong agendas. Now, have a look at what Nehemiah said. So I answered them and said, The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. It's like the enemy came in. And he said, you've got wrong agendas, you're doing this for the wrong reason, you're doing it to be a big shot, who do you think you are? And he accused them of having wrong agendas, and Nehemiah just turns around and said... (laughs) (laughs) So I just talked to God, seriously, we will arise and build... You just have at it with all your accusations. You know, I, I just love this calmness. You know, like this, like, sometimes we, we get into this fleshy fight and go, I have not two got wrong agendas. We get all bent out of shape because somebody accused us of having a wrong agenda when we knew we didn't. We were trying to do the best we could. But Nehemiah understood that when the devil comes at him, when he's building God's dream, when he's building God's vision, when he's on assignment from God, when the enemy attacks him, he's really attacking God because it's God's dream. It's God's vision. It's God's future. And the end, Nehemiah just deflects it. He deflects it and he said, I talk to God about you. Oh. He doesn't get all like bent out of shape like, oh gee, they said I had a wrong agenda and I'm so hurt now. And I'm not trying to make fun of hurt, but I sort of am a little bit. But (laughs) it's not personal. It's God. The enemy was attacking God, not Nehemiah. And if we can be trapped into fighting in the flesh, a spiritual battle we will lose every single time. See, the first thing Goliath said to David was, look at you, you little, look, look. You're small, look how big I am. And and. Goliath was trying to get David's eyes focused on his ability, how small he was, how much he could bring to the fight, how useless David was against Goliath because Goliath understood one thing. This is a spiritual battle. And if he can get David's eyes onto himself instead of God, that Goliath would have won that battle. Nehemiah understood It's a spiritual battle and our warfare is not against flesh and blood but principalities and powers and dominions and might and we have the name of Jesus, we have the blood of Jesus and we go after in the realm of the spirit and we say devil you come to me one way, I'm sending you seven ways back I'm telling God on you. Okay, we're going to go over a couple of these just to get the point across. Nehemiah in, uh, where are we now, 4, chapter 4. But it so happened where Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. He spoke before his brethren at the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer themselves? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? They said, even in the next verse, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Listen, listen to what Nehemiah said. It's like, we're doing a big job here. He, he didn't get into discussion with the accuser. Nehemiah says, Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads. Give them plunder to a land of captivi- uh, Captivity. And Nehemiah says there, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. See, they came to try and intimidate Nehemiah. Well, it's weak. It's not going to last. Now, they're under pressure. They're working. They're trying to do a nearly impossible job. And they said, even if a fox gets on the wall, he's going to bring that thing down. It's got no strength. And Nehemiah is like, is not. <laughs> Nehemiah says, wait a minute, I need to talk to God. Excuse me for a sec, devil. I, I just got to have a comp. God, they're making you really angry. I know that. God, they're really ticking you off. See, Nehemiah didn't get all upset and angry. He just turns it. See, this is someone who understands that we fight a spiritual battle, not flesh and blood. It was no good him hating the the carriers of those news. It was no good of him going mad and going off at these men in the flesh. Nehemiah turned around and he said, God, they're talking about your vision. And it makes all the difference when you deflect it from the flesh and you take it into the realm of the spirit. This is intimidation. It's weak. It won't fail. It won't last. And I believe when I was preparing this, I believe that there's a spirit of intimidation that has come against this work in this area. And God will deal with it. God will deal with it. Nehemiah was such an amazing spiritual man. And he understood that it's not about him and it's not about anything else except God doing his dream. And God building his dream. And when you build your personal life and when you pray and when you reach out and you believe God like we heard this morning for his promises, I want to tell you when the enemy comes in, he's not coming against you. He's coming against God's dream. And someday we have to learn to deflect the battle from the flesh to the spirit. And then the churches are going to have a whole lot more peace too. Nehemiah turned around and he just said, God. <laughs> That's the truth of it. To get all bent out of shape on a fleshly level doesn't win any battles, it just brings distraction, disorder, disunity. It brings all of the above because we have gone to fight a spiritual battle with our flesh. I think right across the world there needs to be an awakening of the realm of the spirit. An awakening that our warfare is not with flesh and blood but principalities and powers. There needs to be... An awakening of the power of the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. I can remember when I first got saved, it was like I was doing something and I felt this. It was like this demonic presence just walked into the room. And I didn't know anything about anything, but I knew the name of Jesus. And all I said was, in Jesus' name, and poof. In Jesus' name. God gave me a dream a long time ago and there was somebody all bound up and I looked at them, they were bound up with chains. I looked at them and I said, it's not in my name that I speak. It's not in my name that I stand before you. And I stand before you with the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And every chain fell off that person in that dream. And they walk free because I want to tell you it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's about Jesus. It's about spiritual My, uh, he's, he's calm i mean i am so not like that he's like i just talked to god it would take me a week of fussing and then i would give in and go talk to god about it god they've provoked you to anger you see when when you it sounds like christianese just tell god on them but have you ever thought how big he is i mean he already threw a third of them out of heaven once he defeated them on the cross and here we see in this this is how big god is like somebody says Get to know God and work with God and then God will be so big, it'll mess with your mind. Well, it sounds good, but it doesn't really because it doesn't work. But I watched a a DVD called Indescribable once. I was just undone. And you talk about how big God is. When we talk about the universe and we talk about the, the how big the universe is, and then in, in Isaiah 40, verse 12, it said, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and measured the heavens with the span or the width of his hand? And how big are the heavens? Let me tell you, in just our own galaxy, it is thousand million seven hundred and ninety two Thousand four hundred and fifty-eight metres per second then we multiply that per minute then we multiply that per hour and then we go for a week and a year and then we multiply it by hundreds of billions of light years and we're still in our own little galaxy up there and God says I'm measuring it how big is that? It says when he sat on the great white throne and he took place in Revelation, he sat there and it was so white and so big that heaven and earth fled away. There was no room for them. That's how big God is. That's who's on your side. That's who walks with you. That's who you carry. That's who is for you. That's who is. When the devil wants to come and shout, you say, have you known how big my God is? (laughs) It's not equal. It's not this, well, good and bad, good. I mean, it's so much more than that. God measures it. I I can't even, now that wows my mind because I try to work everything out. That's how big. And so when you deflect the attacks of the enemy to God, make sure you're remembering how big God is when you do that make sure you remember who really is on your side and how big he is and how awesome that he is and how much he loves you because as big as he is, as big as his creation is, immeasurable because it keeps on going and keeps on going and every star that dies, there's a new star born. It just keeps on going. But in all of that, God looks at you. He said, I know your name. You're significant to God in the midst of the hugeness and the bigness that he is. He said, I know your name. I know you. There is nothing new under the sun. The devil will try to intimidate and he will use people who are vulnerable in their thinking, in their minds. He will use broken people to break people. He will use people to come against you. But we always must remember that we do not fight flesh and blood. We fight principalities and powers that take advantage of vulnerable people and drive them. Is that all right? <laughs> Who got the calculator out just then? <laughs> I mean, I, I would. I'd be like, wow, what is that number? <laughs> he measures. That's how big, that's how big his love is. And Nehemiah, when Nehemiah was on assignment with God, Nehemiah kept that before him the whole time. He said, God has asked me to do this. I didn't dream it up by myself. Did did you dream this up by yourself? No, no one in their right mind would. I mean that respectfully too. (laughs) But this is God's dream." Make no mistake about it. This is God's dream. And every assignment that has come against it, believe you me, God has not missed one. Not one. When we were singing this morning, I wanted to cry out, I wanted to yell out, Who are you, O great mountain, that you would stand in the way? Hello. (laughs) Who are you, great mountain? You'll be brought down. It's not my word like a fire and like a hammer that shatters every stubborn mountain of resistance. You have his word. You have his power. And every mountain that stands before you, you look at it and you say, who do you think you are coming against the living God? They came at Nehemiah again. They tried to bring confusion. Nehemiah just said, and we prayed to God. <laughs> I mean, can't you just see that? They, they came at them again later on. They're all, they're all in, in there. I won't read them out because it's hard work through those pages that keep turning. I plan to because I was trying to be a good scriptural girl, but... But he said, we just prayed to our God. A person of prayer, a person called to build, a person called to take a front seat in this vision and be part of this vision. Can I tell you, God wants to just let you know he's on your side and he's big enough to take care of business. Is that all right here? He's on your side, he's big enough to take care of business and he'll move in the realm of the spirit what needs to be moved. He just needs people to understand to let him go and do his job and he doesn't need our help. (laughs) Ladies, you hear that? I have whole books on trying to help God out. (laughs) Nehemiah had an understanding That was so profound, he just did not get rattled under the most extreme circumstances. He was a fair and a just man. Because he was the leader, he didn't take more portions for himself. He shared everything. There's so much in this great man of God. I believe we need a whole army of Nehemiahs. Nehemiah said again later on after another attack came, be not afraid, be not afraid. I want you to remember the Lord our God, he is awesome. That's what he said to the people when the people came and the enemy was trying to bring confusion and they're trying to say we're going to attack you. And so the people were worried, the people were frightened and Nehemiah's word to them was just remember the Lord our God, he is awesome. He deflected it back to God, the winner of all spiritual battles. Who knows there's an army here? We're an army here. Yep. Yep. Come on. Armies walk, soldier, shoulder to shoulder, soldier to shoulder to shoulder. And no one left behind. That's the sort of group that will do a lot in a few days. So because I couldn't read all the scriptures, my sermon's going to be shorter, but I refuse to make up stuff to make it longer, okay? Is that all right? (laughs) Nehemiah kept his place before God. He kept his heart of prayer. And he deflected every attack to the realm of the spirit. The other thing that we learn about the building of these walls and the restoration of God's kingdom is the people factor. I love this where it says here in Nehemiah 4-6, it said the people had a mind to work. It said, the work of the Lord by the grace of the Spirit lay near to their heart. The work was to be so dear that it crushed all of their self-interest. And in thankfulness, they started up and they built it side by side, family by family, engaged in the great work of building the walls in Zion. See, it wasn't just Nehemiah's vision, it was everybody's vision. And they worked side by side, family, person, just building, just being in unison. The people had the heart of God to build, to stand together. Building for them was the most important thing. Establishing God's kingdom is the most important thing to the people. I read this, um, a scholar, I read a, a scholar's um, writings on Nehemiah and this really moved my heart. He said, Nehemiah chapter 3, though one might be inclined to skip over it because it's filled with names that are hard to read, is nevertheless one of the most precious chapters in God's word. There you see people of all ages, of all occupations, without contention, without pursuing separate interests, without bickering side by side, building the work of the Lord. Isn't that, that's just a profound statement, isn't it? There they all were, just had a heart to build side by side and was first and foremost to build God's kingdom. I, I just, I, I love that. Because I would be person who would skip chapter three really quick. But when I read that, it made me go back and have a look at the names and realize they're real living people who gave themselves to this journey. And because they gave themselves to this journey, a lot was done in a small amount of time. And God was glorified and Jesus was lifted up. And the devil was defeated because of a unified force that understood the realm of the spirit is where the action happens. I remember when uh, this, I was reading when they came and they asked Nehemiah to come down off the wall. Come down and talk to me. And Nehemiah's like, why would I do that? But when you read that, read those words, they mean I am doing a noble and honorable work. Why would I come down and be distracted by you? They tried to get Nehemiah to come down to walk away from the work. And Nehemiah says, no, see, I think we need this heart. We need to know it's a holy work. We need to know it's an honorable work. We need to know it's a God work. We need to know. We need to know that this is not the work of man. This is something God is building, God is doing, God is raising up. And when distractions want to pull us off the wall, we say, I can't come down today. I'm too busy doing God's work. the passion and the zeal. I talked yesterday, when I got saved, the place was just full of zeal and full of passion and you couldn't get enough of of everything. Jesus said himself, the zeal for my house has consumed me. And the passion for God's house, the passion for God's vision, the passion for what God is doing here. You see, I believe God looked at Australia. Australia. Looked across Australia. And he said, I need some kingdom builders. And he gave Australia you as a gift. Amen. (laughs) One person liked it. (laughs) And he gave Australia you. You know, it takes it all, the people, understanding prayer, our warfare. I had the pleasure of having coffee and meeting May and Kathy for the first time the other day. And, and um, I listened to them talk about the ladies meeting they were planned the Saturday. They talked about who was doing what, And their hearts were like so grateful for every person who was doing something. You could hear it. It was beautiful. They talked about the worship team, not as a team, but who individually was on the worship team. They talked about the the planning. They talked about everything with so much gratitude for every person who was a part of it. And I sat there and I listened and I said, this is true kingdom leadership right here. I was just really blessed and honoured to be part of the team yesterday. It was just a great day. But this morning, I just want us to be aware once again. This is God's work. With every ounce of my being, I know it to be true. And your warfare is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers. And if we start living the beatitudes and loving those who come against us, but praying for them, God can mend bridges, God can mend stuff, God can do a whole lot of things. And remember, it's about people walking side by side, family to family, resolute in I'm not coming down off the wall to be distracted. I want to build God's kingdom and see God's kingdom restored. If I want to encourage you, if you go back and read Nehemiah, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. The first time I ever read it, I was like, oh, how come he's not all bothered? But he's like, I just talked to God. I'm just going to tell God. When you're believing God for your promises and the enemy wants to intimidate you, I'm just going to talk to God. Wait a minute now. You just hold the phone here. I'm just going to talk to God. And you know what? He's really big. So if you want to mess with him, you have at it. I'm just going to keep arising and building. God has put us together. And whether we like it or not, I just have such a heart for this house. And I see gates and walls and... God restoring through everything, all the spiritual meanings of every single gate, worship, holiness, evangelism. I mean, God, God's, God is doing such a, a bigger work outside than what we could ever dream. I'm blessed that I could know you. I'm blessed that I could be a small part and just come and share. But I just want to say again, that God has his hand on this work and God wants you to arise and build in the face of any and all obstacles that come your way. Arise and build. Arise and build. Arise and build. Arise and build. And when you feel like the enemy's trying to tear you apart and cause you to be a little distracted, you just get in there and say, I'm not coming down off this wall. I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to see God move. I'm going to see God's kingdom built here and established in Bundaberg, Queensland, Australia. And then goodness only knows where God will take you. Amen. I think that's all I had to say. Maybe we could have the musicians up because that's what we do. <laughs> How many people, you don't have to put your hand up actually because that's probably, you, you don't, but you felt distracted lately. You felt like the enemies tried to come in and pull you and distract you from the work. Oh, we got hands up, okay? That's all good, okay? I didn't want to. You just felt like the enemy's trying to tear you. This might be a good time to just in your heart say, Jesus, I'm getting back on that wall. I'm not going to listen to what the enemy has to say. Because, God, this is your work, and it's a fine work, and it's a noble work, and maybe not everything's perfect, but where humanity's involved, it really is. But I want to tell you, it's God's work. And Come back up on the wall. And the times that we get involved in any arguments and dissensions and we get all fleshy, maybe we can ask God to help us overcome God, help me love everybody. Help me be the people that talks about here that the people had a mind to work and considered it an honourable and a noble work. God, let me forgive that person. Let me understand that person. Let me come against the spirit that drives this thing. And not the person that's being used. And this came across my heart when I was praying. Last time I was here, I said there were people that God wanted you to jump in. You were just on the borders. And I felt like I'm talking to somebody here today that you're still on the edge. And you know exactly who I'm talking to. Because you felt that last time you had to jump in and be right in the middle. God wants you to jump in. Come on, we we don't do anything well as spectators. We need to be in the middle of the river, and this is God's river. But I believe it's a lady, and God has wanted you to jump in because God, has got, God wants to bless you here, but God also wants to release what he has on your life in the house, and God wants you to jump right in. Now, don't go to the pastor and say, Adrian said that God's going to use me. Please don't do that. That gets me into a lot of trouble. I never, ever mean that. But you can come to him and say, I want to jump in and be committed and move and be in this river. Amen. That's what you can do. God has put awesome people in this place. Many Nehemiahs people with a heart to build so my message today is just to encourage you to take courage for God will fight for you every step of the way he's big and he's for you, amen amen Amen. thank you so much Um, is that it? (laughs) if you need prayer for anything today there's not just Adrian but we have a prayer team that'll pray with you and for you isn't it funny though sometimes when we have someone who doesn't really know us pray for us and we hear maybe something that someone else has already prayed for us we seem to receive it in a different way I don't know why that is but it happens sometimes So I pray that you've been encouraged to rise and build because the the best is yet to come. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's stand. If you need prayer, please come. But let's stand and let's declare the name of Jesus this morning. Oh, actually, yeah, anyway.